1: All right, fantasy freaks and geeks, what's up? James Coe here with you. A little bit different open here for your NFL Fantasy Live podcast. we got a long show in front of us here today, okay? Uh, a lot of things happen in the offseason here. If you want to fast forward, I'll tell you where the times are uh, for some of the major names here. Kirk Cousins at the 450 mark. Allen Robinson at the 23-minute mark. Jordy Nelson and Jimmy Graham and the Packers at the 30-minute mark. Sammy Watkins at the 37. Carlos Hyde at 56. And Deion Lewis's impact in 10 at the one hour and three minute mark so there you go if you want to fast forward feel free to do so otherwise enjoy the show fantasy freaks and geeks what's up we welcome you into the NFL fantasy live podcast James Cole here with you joined alongside by Matt Harmon I didn't want to give you the the full, you know, three introductions. Thanks. Yeah. I appreciate that. What's just on, just man? being
3: known by my name is kind of a nice change of That's pace. A little bit. Little <laughs> bit. Uh, I'm up. I'm good. Just trying to keep up with the friends. <laughs> I can't do it. I know? can't do it. It's too much. I, it's tough because yesterday uh, I came in and and was writing, basically writing all day this free agent receiver recap that I had. Yeah. Um, and it was just like, but how do you not want to be just glued to Twitter and glued to TV? As like, <laughs> all the things are are coming in and everything is happening. I've got takes. Yeah, and it, well that's another thing too. It's like I don't feel the need to fire off a take every time somebody signs. Well you can't. I mean taking can. all day. Right. But it but it's definitely like right. you would just want I just wanna keep up with it so that I yeah, can yeah, know yeah. and digest it. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. I hear that. Oh man, it's such a fun time. Man. Oh,
1: this it's the best. It really is. It's the absolute best. This
3: is like the intersection of Peak free agency, obviously, and yeah. we're still doing like draft analysis sure. and everything. Oh, yeah. It's like, but if you tweet about the draft right now, it's like you get, oh, washed, you get washed away. Yeah, 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 so it's fun.
1: MG, my guy Marcus Grant in the building. What's up? What's up? Uh,
2: I guess I have to give a weather update because okay. that's my thing. Oh okay. my well, that's god, your, that's your thing. Uh, what a uh, shock! Yes, thanks. Uh, it's been rainy. It has been rainy. I, so speaking of which, I, this actually is sort of.
1: But it's been it's been nice because there's no wind and it's not cold.
2: Right. So the other day I was I was walking home. Kind of in the evening, I had met up with a friend for a late night happy hour at a sushi place. Okay. And as I'm I'm walking home, it, yeah, you know, it's it's kind (laughs) of nice. Uh, (laughs) It starts to drizzle kind of lightly, right? And I'm like, all right, I have a jacket with a hood. I put the hood up. It's not a big deal. But there's a couple walking behind me, and and this woman behind me is just like, oh, my God, it's raining again. It has been raining for, like, three months straight here in L.A. This is ridiculous. And I'm like, what? What? Let's calm down. Wait, what? Like, she's like done this whole thing. It's been raining for three months straight. <laughs> three I can't months believe straight? it. This where is has she been it. living? <laughs> right. Like, I want to know where she's at. Three months where? straight? Three months straight is what she said. I, I, I don't believe raining. that's accurate. No. Yeah, no that's I, it I hasn't don't... even rained for three days straight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So.
1: <laughs> so, yes. All right, then. All right. We got Christina in the building. Producer Christina, what's going on? Hey. How you doing?
0: Good. How are you guys? You
1: chilling? We're good. I'm chilling. Okay. I see you are decked out in Kentucky gear. Oh, for sure. Are you from Kentucky? No, I went to school there. Oh, I didn't know that. Nice, nice, nice. Oh, yeah. yeah? All right, here we go. So,
0: fingers crossed we win it all.
1: March Madness, here we go. Free agency frenzy. We got a lot of alliterations here.
3: Yeah, March Madness, Madness. free agency frenzy. Well, free agency kind of throws it
1: off. Meanwhile,
3: my my college had to go four overtimes
2: to beat UNC Asheville in the NIT last night. Oh, man. Yeah.
1: Four overtimes? Four over is that right? Four overtimes. It's a is Cal the
3: tournament?
2: No. We know. were horrible this year. <laughs> Are you in the NIT? I don't know. No.
3: Guys, guys, guys. Can we get Rob. to the free agency stuff? I'm getting
2: antsy. I gotta
3: listen to this goofball talk about <sighs> yeah. weather in weather. US <laughs> <SC's laughs> Like what are we talking <laughs> about? We're <Yeah, And>, yeah, talking basketball. This
1: is this is prime time. You know what's you <very good>. know what's <laughs> great is that Alex Gelhart not here. So, of course, that role being taken over by the guy that he usually has to. No, 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 no.
2: This is very different. He's not trying to keep the show on rails. He just wants to get out his own take. I want to
3: discuss. I want to
1: disagree with you guys on everything. Oh, we're going to have some. We'll have some disagreements. There's no doubt about it. we got a big show in front of us here today. Look, normally we have segments, okay? Uh, peek behind the curtain, we usually have segments. Today, no segments. Literally just talking about free agency. There's so many moves. There's so many things to get to. We're doing free agency, and then we're closing Wait. out with Daily Daps, and that's it. Get your is popcorn it? ready. It's a long show. How is
3: it a peek behind the curtain that we have segments? They,
1: they listen to the show. Why they <laughs> listen to the show, but it's like, you know, but for for example, you know, they don't know about – a lot of folks don't know about the rundown. And I the barely run- know about the rundown. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Very good point. But the rundown has segments. Yeah, yeah, you're is, right. Is the point. That All right. Getting. All right, let's get to quarterbacks, shall we? This is uh, We're going to break it up by quarterbacks, wide receivers, and then running backs. Okay, tight ends will kind of sort of be mixed in uh, intermittently as well. But we'll start with quarterbacks. And it's seemingly everything centers around Minnesota. Why? Because Kirk Cousins anticipated to get that fully guaranteed contract, the first in NFL history, expected to sign with Minnesota a three-year, $86 million deal again, fully guaranteed. I mean, I got to imagine working with Stephon Diggs, working with Adam Thielen, uh, Kyle Rudolph. He's got a good offensive line. I mean, I tell you what, Kirk Cousins is in a prime spot, and that offense looks like it could be set to explode. Go ahead. So
2: I had a weird thought about this. Yes. And – I know that when we get to August and you know July and August and we're actually drafting like nobody's going to think this way but I had a thought the other day that like could Kirk Cousins be the QB1 in fantasy? Oh my. I mean this is a guy who's been he's been a top 10 guy until the last 3 years yes. with a you know decent but not great supporting cast in Washington. Um but he's 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 going to an offense where they will certainly throw the football a lot. He's got I think I would say he's got better receivers now than he did in Washington. Um, he's got a better defense around him, which, hmm. you know, kind of helps. But yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, is there, like, a sneaky chance? Especially, I'm also curious to see, you know, keeping an eye on what the Packers do, knowing that Jordy Nelson is gone. I know they've got Jimmy Graham. We'll see what, but, like, could Kirk Cousins be a sneaky QB1? Like, overall QB1 in fantasy this Interesting.
0: year? Interesting. I,
2: I I can't wrap my mind around that prospect. Right. I mean it's just it's it was more me spitballing kind of as I was sitting at
3: my desk. The other
1: Tom Brady's still uh going to be there. Aaron Rodgers still going to be there. Um
3: Cam Newton will still push for it cuz yeah, rushing. Yeah. Exactly.
1: Uh, you know and Russell Wilson too. I know the offensive line they need to rebuild that a little bit but just with his rushing ability as well. Uh, you know and I think Deshaun Watson will push Yeah, in that regard that's as well. A really good point. Um but man, I tell you what. That's a short list. Mm-hmm. It's a sh- I, that's
3: a short list, Marcus. That's a short list. <laughs> Cousins has been eight, five, and seven over the last few years in terms of fantasy finishes. Uh, I mean, it's a it's a great fit across the board. But yes. he- but here's the thing, though. I, and I, I think Kirk Cousins is a better quarterback than than Case Keenum oh, for yeah. sure. I mean, pedigree wise and everything, like totally one hundred and ten percent behind the move. Right. Uh. But. but- how you can't really have a more efficient season in that offense than what Case Keenum had last year. <laughs> right, I mean, statistically, right. Okay. When you look at you know okay. any any sort of metric, whether it's just raw completion percentage, uh, passer rating, sure. and then when you also just look at like some advanced dis- statistics, like what they did outside the pocket, what he did under pressure, all that sort of stuff. Like I think the one area that. Uh, Cousins statistically is far better than Keenum is as a deep passer uh, where Cousins has been great on deep throws over the last three years uh, which you wouldn't expect from him right. but he's great on those deep middle passes and I think Thielen, Diggs, like those guys are, are phenomenal on that but again I just like how much can you, I guess that speaks more to, less to what Kirk Cousins can be and more to the rest of the catchers. like I'm not just because they have Kirk Cousins like going to be bumping up Thielen or Diggs necessarily Because, yeah, well, no, because, I mean, they already had an outrageously efficient quarterback last year. Like, I expect – which is great. They were already great last year.
1: I think the touchdown – the reason I bumped them up is because I think the touchdown upside increases. I think the yardage totals – at least the potential for the yardage total increases as well. I think this offense is going to move, man, and I think they're going to score a lot of points. Now, you're right. The defense is great. And what I like about it, too, is if the offense puts the pressure on the other team to – force them into passing situations the defense could cause for some more turnovers and they could put the offense in some very advantageous situations I think the, I at least think the scoring upside is definitely higher now with Kirk Cousins than with Case Keenum keep despite the despite the efficiencies. keep in mind the return of Dalvin
3: Cook to yeah some
1: things in that offense. I,
3: I think so too but again they also they also had a really efficient oh. ground game so I think that we kind of I would set expectations really similarly to what we Mm. saw from the Vikings last year, which, again, is is still – all phenomenal. Yeah, I mean, Diggs on a per game basis was great when he played. That's right. Thielen obviously was a top five finisher across the board. Uh, the both the running backs were super usable, each in kind of separate parts. And now I think we combine that into just one player in Dalvin Cook. And also keep in mind too, we've we've never seen Kirk Cousins play with a great defense or play on a team that's won more than nine games. I mean, that's they right. went nine and seven, eight seven and one, nine or seven and nine. And I think that was mostly because. This year injuries on the offense, and before they never had a really good defense. So if they're winning games, if they're going to be like a twelve and 3 ball club, like na- na- then then he might not be throwing you know six hundred six passes like he did back in two thousand sixteen. That's exactly right.
1: I think I think you're right there, um, and I do wonder, um, I wonder a little bit again about yes the efficiency. He'll I think he'll be more efficient, but it's at least possible like i said the yardage in the scoring to me that's at least i think the ceiling is raised if if he doesn't get there he doesn't get there but i i, I at least like the ceiling with for yeah, cousins in minnesota it's
3: it's all good news i mean the good the i think the good news really lies in the fact that this is not going to uh this is not going to like the regression monster becomes less of a <laughs> very good you know with, yeah. with guys like Thielen and Diggs like good point it, it, if Keenum was back there or if they were doing like a Sam Bradford Teddy Bridgewater kind of mm. tandem or something like that yeah then I think we would be worrying about well d- do these guys take a step back now that they have a, a proven quarterback I don't think so by the way just just a side note yes I didn't know this until right now Kirk Cousins led the league in quarterback rushing yards last year No, he didn't. 343. Yeah, I think. What? No, 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 wait. That doesn't That can't be No, sorry. That's (laughs) not rushing yards. I'm an idiot. Scrape this out of the podcast. Just kidding. That was was yard sacked for. My bad. (laughs) It's actually the other it's actually the other direction. I was looking at that and I was like, wait a second, that doesn't make any sense, but it was bolded because in uh, on pro football reference when you lead the league yeah, in, yeah, yeah, in a category, yeah. and I was like, wait, wait, yards? And I was like, Oh I no, that's after Sacks. So uh, yards he, he lost due to Sacks. <laughs> <laughs> also an improvement from uh he should have well their their line is something they, they can focus on now a little more. Uh former Minnesota quarterback, Sam Bradford.
1: Is going to Arizona on a one-year, twenty million dollar deal. If he gets all twenty million, I, I imagine he will. It's a one-year deal.
3: I think there's some incentives, and it's Delta actually probably going to be like fifteen. Million. So it's, it's up to twenty. Up to twenty. Yeah, I think so. Let's say he
1: gets all twenty. He probably has to play all sixteen games, so he's not going to get all twenty. <laughs> Let's just say he gets all twenty. All right. He'll have made one hundred and thirty-four million dollars in contract money in nine seasons. Of play. God $134 bl- million in nine seasons of play. Aaron Rodgers, thus far, has made $137 million in 13 years of play. God bless America. Um, I mean, let's also keep in he mind He is uh, the leader in the ski mask team. Just Let,
2: straight robbery. Let's keep in mind that Sam Bradford is the reason we now have rookie slotting.
1: Mm-hmm. That's a good point. He was yeah. the last of the mega deals. He was the, the guy who deals. got, what,
2: the $50 million signing bonus uh, when he got drafted, and that was when GMs and owners were like, this is unsustainable. We can't do that. So, I mean, that's that's a big chunk of it right there. I mean, right. literally $50 million pretty yeah. much right off the bat. That's
1: right. Uh, fantasy-wise, I don't think it makes much of an impact either way any, in any direction for – For Arizona, they're going to be a little bit of a mess offensively. Um, And probably defensively, too, because just coming across the wire, they have released Tyron Yeah, I just
3: saw that. Yeah, that had to happen.
1: Did it, though? Because I was surprised. I thought they were briefly talking about a potential contract extension. Well – I think they were gonna. They were hoping to
3: restructure, but what that meant was a pay cut. And as he told, I, he's not. To do as he told our own NFL Network's Greg Rosenthal, yeah. Uh, yeah, that, no that he was like, I don't like the idea of them taking money out of my pockets. That doesn't sit right with me. So they are going to release him. And yeah, no, I think that's fascinating. But on Sam Bradford, yeah. I know. A lot of people, including some current players and even some former players, like some of the guys who work with us, like Reggie Wayne and, and Mike Robinson, we're talking about this on Total Access. You know, kind of panning this deal. Like, what has Sam Bradford ever done to get this money? I
1: get that, but for the Cardinals, what the hell are you gonna do? Oh, oh, th- this is what I was saying. Um, it's a, it's a, it's a bad deal, but it doesn't, but it also doesn't matter. Because the Cardinals got to spend that money somehow. Well, it's $20 and, million. Dollars. And not only that, they missed out on Allen Robinson. They missed out on Sammy Watkins. They missed out on Kirk Cousins. They missed out on all these other free agent quarters. They've missed out. They've got to spend the money somehow. Um, and this is how they're going to do it. And what I like is that it's a, it's a one-year deal. Yeah, it's right, a bad. Co- it's it's a bad contract. Year. There's no question about it. It's a bad contract. But I don't even think uh, in I mean, the context think it's of a bad
3: one-year contract.
2: It's yeah. a one-year deal. Who in, cares?
1: The,
3: in the context of what quarterbacks are making these days? I mean, twenty million is fine. That's that's kind of low-end starter money, which is what I think you're hoping that. You know look, what, you're right. But, and you the crazy what, right. thing too is, and I get. I'm not. I'm not trying to be like a total Sam Bradford apologist or whatever. Okay. I mean, The amount of money he's made is pretty outrageous for, <laughs> for what right. he's done in his career. But still, that week one game with the Vikings—that's what the best quarterback game we've seen all like saw all year it was incredible and I think the the Cardinals are just hoping that they can put the band-aid on and get something like sure. that for a few games out yeah. of Sam Bradford exactly. because what are their alternatives I mean they're also going to sign Mike Glennon by the way so right. that means we're seeing Mike Glennon start eventually <laughs> this year uh, when <laughs> okay. Sam Bradford does in fact get hurt but I mean this is supposed yeah. to be Larry Fitzgerald's like potential swan song they can't yeah. just throw a rookie out there or God forbid end up starting Blaine Gabbert and Drew what do what, what do you want the Cardinals to do this at least makes their offense viable makes me so when sad. he's on the field. When you talk about Larry Fitzgerald, I just get sad.
1: It's like, how many bad teams must this man play on?
3: Yeah, they also have no talent around him. Nothing. Not Absolutely. Especially John Brown's leaving. Nothing. He's gone. <laughs> you know, he I- J. Ron Brown, is, I, mean, I don't he's know there. if he's, he's a free agent, too. I don't oh, okay. know if anybody's signed. Ricky him. Ricky
1: Seals-Jones, come on down. <laughs> oh, they're talking hey, him up. Oh, I know. They're, they're ready to talk that guy up. So uh, Kirk Cousins going to Minnesota, former Minnesota quarterback. Sam Bradford going to Arizona, former Minnesota quarterback. Case Keenum going to Denver, who also picked up the option on Demarius Thomas, oh, by the way. How much of an upgrade for the Broncos' offense, if at all, Matt Harmon? I don't know. It's definitely –
3: An upgrade over what they got last year. I think it's a slight improvement. Yeah. I think Keenum showed last – like, this is the question the Broncos have to ask themselves, and I think we all have to ask ourselves, is how much of last year was Case Keenum kind of catching lightning in a bottle? Right. Versus how much, or was this kind of, especially in a perfect situation, I mean, he even called it, like, getting the keys to a Lamborghini or whatever. Yeah. Uh, is, is this something that, like, was a career step forward, you know, a late career bloom?
1: I think it's probably somewhere in the middle of that. He just w- it was in a very soft landing spot, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, and, and can they recreate that in Denver? I don't think so, man. I They've got offensive line issues everywhere. They have a lack of athleticism on the outside, on the inside, at tight end, at running back. They just don't have athletes. I mean, and I'm not taking anything away from C.J. Anderson, who I think is a good player. Demarius Thomas, who I think is a good player. Emmanuel Sanders, who I think is a good player. But these guys are not great athletes. They're good players, not great athletes. They need, They're all old. They're I, aging. Yeah. I, that's what I'm saying. They, they need an injection of athleticism somewhere on this team. They don't have anybody that could be Somebody over the top. Well, I mean, let's let's think back. What two, three weeks
2: ago, we had Troy Rink on this show, and, and he That's talked right. about the Broncos needing an offensive identity, and they they don't really have one right now. And you know, I'm kind of with Harmon, where we're let's look at Case Keenum's career as a whole. I mean, last year he was he was very good. He also was an emergency option, like they actually had to break glass in case of emergency because they had so many injuries at the quarterback. You know spot. what? You're right. The year before, he got a lot of playing time in in with the Rams, Rams because what do they really have? I mean, Jared Goff was a disaster they his first ready, year. Yeah, yeah. He just wasn't ready yet. They put him in. He wasn't great. Um, he, he just – so if if you're the Broncos, you are hoping you get the guy that we saw last year and not the guy who just kind of was a journeyman, you know, kind of hanging on rosters for the yeah. first few years of his
3: career. The thing, the thing with Case Keenum too is that he's not – a safe player. He's not a game manager type. Yo. He's not out. He's reckless. And the the difference between what we saw he from will,
1: him, he will chuck it up
3: there. Yeah. The difference that we the difference that we uh, saw from him between last year and all his other years was he just never had that like throw up on his shoes moment like, where he just <laughs> just turns into an a- absolute nightmare. I mean, because he's all, like even when he first hit the, I always go back to that that time in Houston there yes, for yes, a minute. He yes. he showed he could be really aggressive and push the ball and move the offense and right. same things with some some of his time with the Rams, aggressive, move the ball, pu- push the offense down the field. He needs to be that guy for Denver and just limit the mistakes. And if he can limit those mistakes, then I think he can keep the offensive afloat. But by the way, I don't think this precludes them from still drafting. a.
2: Quarterback. No, I think they're still going to draft a quarterback. I will say that I would hoping that he can at least replicate what he did last year. Just, so it injects some life back into Demarius Thomas. I and think Emmanuel it would
1: Sanders. be I think it'd be crazy for the Broncos to invest a first round pick. I don't think they'll do that. In mm-hmm. a quarterback. Mostly because again, they have a lot of needs, man. First of all, that yeah. defense is aging. The offense is definitely aged. Um, they just have so they have so many needs on the offensive line. It just, oh, man, they, they have needs everywhere. I would be, I don't know, man. I Again, I, I would just, if anything, I might even pass on quarterback this year and just say, forget it. Case Keenum's my guy this year. Next year, let me draft somebody. Of course, because next year's quarterback class
2: is going to be better. Uh, it's always better. It's always better. It's always better. But that, that's what I'm saying. Next year's class is always better. Exactly. Uh,
1: <laughs> again, Kirk Cousins, Minnesota, former Minnesota quarterback. Sam Bradford going to Arizona, former Minnesota quarterback. Case Keenum going to Denver, former Minnesota quarterback. Teddy Bridgewater. Is going to the Jets. So,
3: just a just a quick note on this too. Like, yes. I was listening to the uh, the Ringer NFL podcast this morning. I think okay. it was Kevin Clark, made traitor. The, sorry, man. I sorry. listen to other podcasts. Yeah, yeah, no, uh, no. I listen to a lot of other podcasts. But, uh, anyways, Kevin Clark, I think was on there, made the point that like, we need, like need to look back in history at like Teddy Bridgewater's knee injury being like one of the more meaningful moments in NFL history. Because I see what you're saying. It
1: opened the door for Kirk Cousins.
3: It opened the door for Kirk. It opened the door for Sam Bradford to come to Minnesota to That's begin That's right. With, right. That's and right. Then, and like, then ultimately eventually bringing, because they weren't sure he was going to be ready this year, He brought that brought Case Keenum there. Now three teams have signed potential starting <laughs> quarterbacks because of this, and the Vikings <laughs> have now brought in Kirk Cousins. <laughs> That's great. It's well, crazy. You're mean, also you're also forgetting the fact that it uh, basically you know, opened the door for Carson Wentz to step in in Philadelphia. Yeah, no, yeah, just, no, absolutely, <laughs> yeah, yeah. absolutely right. Because yeah, they ship yeah you know, for sure. It's 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 a team. It's wow, it's what a a, one of those like it's just the webs you can draw from that Teddy Bridgewater injury
1: mm. are is
3: pretty extensive. I like so that. thought that was a really fascinating point.
1: So again, Teddy Bridgewater going to the Jets, who also signed re-signed old ass Josh McCown. Who has been told that he will be the starter at 39 years of age? He's got a one-year, 10 million dollar deal. Uh, both McCown and Tate Bridgewater signing on one year. Deals. All right, let's go to. The wide do you region. think?
3: Do you think real quick though? One, yeah. I like that they bring back Josh McCown. I think that keeps the offense viable because he was really good when he played last year. Sure. I mean, yeah, Absolutely. he's thirty-nine years old. He's going to get hurt again. We know that. Yeah, yeah, We know the drill. But exactly, he was a great deep ball passer last year. Sure. Especially with Robbie Anderson. I keep. I think this keeps the offense uh, afloat. So it's a nice move there. But do you think they draft a quarterback now, or is Teddy Bridgewater kind of
1: looked at it as their quarterback of the future? I mean, they give him a one-year deal. I don't think they see him as a quarterback of the future. If anything, I, I I'm surprised they didn't try to get Teddy Bridgewater on a three-year deal at a very low cost mm-hmm. to kind of lock in that rate. Because at, at the very least, if they say, okay, well, Teddy Bridgewater can be can be the guy next year and kind of re- revamp his own career. Yeah. Um, or they might go young and say, well, if he doesn't make it, then we can also get a young guy kind of behind him." But, I mean, having two guys that are going to get reps, it doesn't make a lot of sense to, again, to me anyways, to – Invest early in a quarterback. What kind of reps is that third quarterback gonna get? Yeah, that makes sense. Right. So either one of I just I don't know, man. That's it's a lot a of money confusing. that they're putting into the quarterback position. Clearly. So it's it's money they're putting into the
2: quarterback position with no clear idea of what the future. Yes. I, I look at it. Yes. I look at worst case scenario for the Jets is you get Josh McCown, who, regardless, I, I feel like he's probably retiring after this year, right? Yeah. So hey, either Hugh Jackson tried to retire him two years ago. Right. <laughs> so worst case scenario, I like see for the Jets, you get Josh McCown, who you know is probably going to be retired after the season. Right. He plays nine or ten games, and yeah. he's he's fine. He's good enough, and he gets hurt. Then he gets hurt. Right. So then Teddy Bridgewater comes in. Doesn't necessarily get a ton of reps. Maybe gets you know four or five starts. And okay. maybe he's okay because he hasn't played a lot of live football in the yeah, last yeah. couple of years. Right. So now you got one quarterback you knows retiring. You got another quarterback you're not really sure on. And then you still have either Petty or Hackenberg. Nope. I'm, I'm not like, gonna
3: be Hackenberg. <laughs> I think. I think <laughs> I don't but I mean, either one of <laughs> <but the players. laughs> those players. guys are gone.
2: So then they go. What do you do? I mean, I guess you just go into the draft market looking yeah. for a quarterback next so. year or what? So yeah. or, or free
3: agents. Or you or if Bridgewater's really good, I think you franchise Bridgewater and potentially try to work him as uh, your long term future. What you just
1: said right there. That's exactly why they need to sign up to a two-year deal. Yeah, I get it. You know? I get it. Anyways, we'll move on. Wide receivers now. The Bears. They went on a crazy spending spree. I love what the Bears are doing. They signed prime prize. Well, well yeah. okay. But even beyond just the fact that they signed the best receiver in the league. They, they signed Matt Harmon's son, Alan Robinson, to a three-year, $42 million deal. It's a gr- i mean, that is a team-friendly deal, man. That is a team-friendly deal. I think, I really think, if he held out a little bit, I really think he could have got $50 million. But he gets 42. million. Uh, they also signed pass-catching tight end Trey Burton mm-hmm. to a four-year, $32 million deal. And... You also forgot pass-throwing tight end Trey Burton. <laughs> that's a very good, great quarterback. Uh, they also signed speedy slot receiver Taylor Gabriel... To a four-year deal, as well, fourteen what, what, million and guaranteed. What was the uh, total figure on that? Twenty-six, twenty-eight million. Twenty-six, I believe, and with a potential to bump up to twenty-eight. So yeah, a four-year, twenty-six million dollar deal for Taylor Gabriel. I mean, all of a sudden, Matt Nagy, the head coach, offensive mind. Mark Helfrich, the offensive coordinator, very creative, mm-hmm. offensive mind. Is Trubisky business open? For a breakout in 2018? Well, at this point, a lot of it's on him now. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, like, you don't you don't have the I don't have weapons excuse anymore. Right. Like, it's going to be kind of on you. I like, got too many weapons. Right. <laughs> um, I will say I'm not.
1: They've got two good running backs there as
2: well. I will, I, I'm not yet sold on Mark Helfrich being this creative offensive guy just because his Oregon teams
1: sort of were underwhelming. They were underwhelming mostly because he couldn't recruit.
3: Can't recruit, and also he's just – he's not going to be calling plays. He's going to be kind of like what Frank Reich was to the Eagles last year, which was like, I'm going to help design the game plans. And I think –
1: yeah, because Nagy said he's going to call the
3: play. Yeah, and I, I so I go back and this is a small tangent. Try to keep it brief. I go back and forth like on whether head coaches calling the plays is good or not because I, I totally feel like when it you, works, it's good. When it you like Sean McVay, <laughs> it, it's great, you know. But I think you also need to have like a really strong influence like Wade Phillips there on the other side of the ball to make that to make it work. And the Bears might have that in in Vic Fangio too. Yeah, uh, and, Vic Fangio's great. Yeah, it it, yeah. Re, it remains to be seen whether the Giants do because talking about Pat Shermer's going to do this. Same thing, but because I kind of like this idea of like the offensive coordinator just focuses on game plan, game planning, and structuring the system, and and practices too, and practices, and putting everything in place rather than having them. You focus on the play calling because yeah. that can be what I think trips a lot of coaches up is
1: then they're like like decision making when to time
3: plays and everything yeah like that.
1: yeah yeah that's a challenge right um I, I always go back to this man and anytime so anybody will listen to me man it, it's all about practices because the game when they finally get to playing call or calling plays rather that's the byproduct the end product of all the work that you put in during the week. And you don't see all that work in the week, and then you see it on game day. That's fine. But, man, getting a, a, a former head coach to be able to manage the time, to be able to break down that time and, and really get the most out of practices, that's what I really like uh, about what Chicago's got going on in terms of having two guys on the offensive side of the ball and then surrounding their their young, strong arm quarterback with all
3: these speedy weapons. I love it. Yeah, going, going back to the Rams example, it's exactly what – this is a, this is the exact same blueprint. I think a You're lot right. of teams will follow this. It's a You're quarter. Right. It's a young quarterback who, yep. really, you can't take much from their rookie year because they were just surrounded in such yeah. a dull, conservative situation. Right. Really, no weapons around them. Yep. Yep. So they bring in an innovative offensive coordinator. Two two guys here now. Yep. This this time, uh, instead of just one with Sean McVay, and then you go out and you. You don't, like, for years we saw teams like Carolina with Cam Newton or Tennessee with Vince Young, like, just do nothing to help out their young quarterback. These teams are taking the opposite approach where we're going to overdo that. I mean, even Kansas City with Patrick Mahomes, we'll talk about Sammy Watkins next, like they're going to overdo it to bring in weapons. And yeah. I, I love the way this sets up for Alan Robinson's fantasy value and just for his production in general. Because one thing I wrote about this in, on, on the piece yesterday, reacting to all the free agent signees, NFL.com slash Harmon, if you want to check it out. Uh, I tweeted out the graph of his targets from 2016, just all these low percentage Deep passes along the sideline when you have an insufficient quarterback. That's not great. But if you look at what Matt Nagy did with the Chiefs the last two years, no receiver group uh, had more separation when the quarterback released the ball than the Chiefs receivers. Three point six yards ranked first in twenty sixteen. Okay, three point five nine. But what do first? But, but what do we attribute that to? I think from from digging into these this statistic more and more because because a, a lazy a, a lazy counter argument
1: to that would be well they got Tyreek Hill.
3: No, yeah, they're fast. No, no, doubt, <laughs> no doubt about it. And I think I think there's a mixture of both there, but when you look at it year over year, especially ranking first both times, yeah. I think a lot of that is scheme. And no team played more like was has been more progressive with their offensive design than the Chiefs. I mean, they have been a spread heavy College influence offense, and I'm really excited to see that at the at the NFL level, especially with a, a legit number one in Allen Robinson and yeah. some of these other guys. I mean, Trey Burton with Adam Shaheen and the two tight end set. The you can get threw, creative. The Chiefs threw out of uh, twelve personnel, I think, more than anybody else in the league, or at least we're top three. Uh, then you have Taylor Gabriel in there as a as an X factor, and then you have like your other wide receiver position that might be Cam Meredith if he doesn't get poached on an RFA, uh, a RFA deal, and, and potential. I mean Kevin White is there, uh, yeah. but it's like one of these <laughs> one of these guys. You, no, but having
1: Cam Meredith is great.
3: Yeah, yeah, if he's recovered from yeah. his from his AC, from his ACL plus other things injury. Right. So uh, I am really excited with how this offense sets up as long as Trubisky is. And the running Jared's, back, we we haven't even talked about Jordan right, Howard right. And, and Tariq Cohen. Tariq I mean, Cohen, yeah, come on! No, this I have never I didn't think I'd be saying
1: this here like two weeks ago, but yeah. I'm so freaking excited for the Chicago Bears <laughs> offense. So no, and, and <laughs> to, this is to be a hundred percent honest. When Allen Robinson first signed with Chicago, I hated it. From, yeah, I saw from, saw from your a, tweets from a fantasy perspective. I hated it from a fantasy perspective. But then when they added Trey Burton, I'm like, okay, I can get on. Then they signed Taylor Gabriel. I'm like, okay,
3: I'm in. Because like what a, I mean on on just like a on paper. It's dangerous to say this, but on paper, what are they missing? Like they have I don't know. They have a dominant X receiver in Allen Robinson, a true number one. They have a, a, a gadget slot guy in Taylor Gabriel. They have a move tight end yeah. uh, in Trey yeah. Burton who could play in the slot. They have a yeah. traditional tight end in Adam Shaheen, and then they have potential guys who could play the flanker position uh, in Cameron Meredith. Yeah. And Kevin White. Oh. <laughs> if Kevin White gives him anything, that's a bonus. Hey, he's rocked up.
1: You saw I mean, that picture Ian tweeted out. If he, uh, if they, if he gets anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, out of Kevin, it's a bonus, man. Yeah. That's, just, that's just icing on the cake. But, I, I mean, again, when it, just in the vacuum when they first signed Allen Robinson, wasn't a fan. Wasn't a fan because he could have gone anywhere. I would have loved to see him go to San Francisco. Would have loved to see him go to San Francisco. There were so many teams that he could have hooked up with, and I was like, ah, oh, the Bears, man, they're just going to double team him all day. It's going to be tough. Mitchell Trubisky has got arm talent, but he's not that accurate. It, But now they got all these weapons. Sign me up, man. Yeah. Best place for targets, too. Exactly. Uh, Jordy Nelson was cut. This, after the team signed Jimmy Graham. Jordy's going to meet with John Gruden and the Raiders, uh, potentially meeting with the Saints as well. If he does sign, we're talking about Jordy Nelson. If Jordy Nelson signs with the Raiders, there is some expectations, although it's not a done deal, some expectation that Michael Crabtree Could be let go. He makes nearly $8 million next year, zero dead cap if they decide to move on for Michael Crabtree. So I think at least the financials are there um, for that possibility. I think Jordy Nelson, for either one of those teams, if we're talking about Oakland, if we're talking about the Saints, my goodness. What a great pairing that would be. I'd love Seahawks to see him with also
3: uh, are in the mix too
1: per rap sheet. God, he's I hope he doesn't it. sign there. That would be, <laughs> that'd be a horrible fit. Horrible fit. But, man, I'd love to see him go either to the Raiders, but I'd especially love to see him uh, in his precision, you know, route running. And at this point in his career, I think you guys would agree, he's a, he, he could be a great slot guy. And to pair against Michael Thomas with Drew Brees, who's just so accurate and on time and all of those things, I just think it would be a great pairing. I'd love to see that. I don't know how much he goes for. I don't know what his salary demands might be, but I'd love to see him go uh, with the Saints there as well. Um, In terms of Jimmy Graham now with Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay, Marcus Grant, your thoughts there? I want to be excited.
2: I do. Okay. I want to be excited. (laughs) How are you not? Because, one – Is Jimmy Graham washed? We saw flashes at times. And and I I do want to kind of chalk it up to – the scheme a little bit. that yeah. You know, and we've talked about this before, that right. a lot of times, because what Russell Wilson does is so much improvisation that... Yeah. Especially
3: early in his tenure in Seattle. It looked like Graham wasn't comfortable with that.
2: I mean,
1: oh, man. They were not speaking the same language. It's I mean, every single opposite.
3: receiver that leaves Seattle ends up being more productive. Right. At Golden Tate. Jermaine mm-hmm. Kirst
2: did it last year. Because you're not looking over you're your shoulder streets, wondering yeah. where your quarterback is and like when he's just going <laughs> to wing it to Yeah, yeah You know yeah, what I'm yeah. saying? And especially coming from New Orleans <laughs> right. where you talked about the precision route running and Drew Brees and his timing and his accuracy and that sort of thing. It's night and day different. So maybe maybe going to Green Bay kind of gets him back closer to that. Maybe and maybe he isn't completely washed. See, maybe that's there's something what I'm hoping for. But the other part of me is like, I look at, I'm like, he's washed. No, not even no, not, not even that he's <laughs> okay. washed. The other part is, okay, we've been teased by by Titans going to Green Bay <laughs> so much, right? Remember, remember, remember it was... Remember it was Oh, I remember. Hey, Jared Cook. I, yeah, I know he's Jared Cook, but, man, he's the best tight end they've had since Jermichael Finley. Like, maybe this is going to be – nope. Then uh, they get Martel. Martellus Bennett. Oh, oh Martellus Bennett's there. Oh, this is the best tight end they've oh, had I since Jermichael nope. – nope. Nope. Yeah. You know, so nope. Nope. But, nope. but nope. this is easily the best, best one.
3: This is Jimmy Graham. But this, this is easily is the best tight end they've is, had yeah, It's easily <laughs> the best one. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's easily – I mean, Jared Cook was never good. I mean, I know we always had the caveat. Jared Cook never good. Martellus Bennett was turned out to be a little, you know, a little strange. Uh, with everything that went on there. <laughs> and he also is washed. I mean, he's clearly wa- he was clearly washed then yeah. and, and is now. But Ugh. the reason I am excited about Jimmy Graham, even if he is washed, uh uh-huh. He could be – and I'm, I'm with Marcus. I feel a little conflicted, but the way I can talk myself into it is just what he can I'm do. Excited. What he can do in the red zone. Yeah. Uh, I mean, last year he caught seven touchdowns when he had less than a yard of separation, of those tight window throws, that next-gen stats, tracks, that's Jimmy Graham. Yeah. More than any receiver or tight end in the league was the seven touchdowns. And when you look back at uh, Rodgers' 2016 season when he was healthy, yeah. he had a 100.9 passer rating when throwing into tight windows. Nobody else has even cleared 84 ever Jeez. the last two years. So, I mean, this is an elite God. trade from from both of these guys. It could be an incredible marriage, and I think 10 touchdowns as well within the ring. So,
1: all right, so here's the thing. Jimmy Graham's going to have a, a, a top three tight end price tag. Is he worth it? Because, well, this is assuming Gronk comes back. But let's say Gronk comes back, all right? It's Gronk, it's Travis Kelsey, and then – and I tell you what, man, I tell you what, there's going to be some folks who take Jimmy Graham as the number two tight end. But that's his price, OK, that's his price as the third best tight end in fantasy worth the price. Uh, I mean, what is that price, though? I mean, what are we what are yeah, what, talking what draft round, price? What round do you expect, you expect to like, him to go? I mean, wherever you think that might happen in your respective draft. If it's a 10 teamer, you know, that's going to go a little later. Sixth round, fifth round. I think, yeah, I think sixth, seventh round. I think I think you'll see him go there. I mean, Martellus Bennett was going in like eighth, ninth. I mean, jeez. I,
2: I've been of the opinion, <laughs> though, the last few years, I'm the, like, if you don't get Gronk or
1: Kelsey. Yeah. You might as well just stream the position. So that's what I'm saying, even with Jimmy Graham in, in Green Bay? Yeah, I, probably. I, I mean, he enters that conversation now. So Marcus. and I
2: don't remember who I saw tweet it yesterday, but Jimmy Graham is going to be a tight end one. Like not the tight end one, but he'll be a tight end one. Yeah, he'll be a starter. Yeah.
1: I mean, for, and minutes. you could
2: say that same thing about fifteen other guys. But that's so so you're thinking
3: it's not worth the price. No, I just don't. Badhart. I'll be tempted by Jimmy Graham this time come August, probably. Yeah. Most likely. Okay. It, it's, but if, he's a, if he's like a sixth-round pick, seventh-round pick, I think I'll be tempted. He'll be there. Yeah, because especially if they don't – That's going to be his It agents, also right? depends on what other moves are going to make at wide receiver because Graham has – Will they has, make anything? I mean, I they're not they adding just, any free agents. That's what I'm saying. They I might think. add somebody – I think they pick 14th. Overall, this year in the draft, but they they'll be if they pick a first round receiver and they slide right in, that that would be crazy for them to go first round wide receiver.
1: Mostly because they have think,
3: but like who's their three wide receiver set right
1: now? Well, it doesn't matter. I, I, I guess the point the point being it doesn't matter because they need to get cornerbacks. In the worst way. Yeah, no, it's true. There. That's <laughs> so, a real number. I think, they, and I think where they draft in the first round will be a prime spot to take corner. So I think they'll they'll go corner. They need safety too. I mean, they just need. I love their defensive line, obviously, with the signing of Mo Wilkerson. Um,
3: yeah, if Mo Wilkerson cares. Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> but it's a but it's shows a, up on time. It is a it is a it is a prove it deal for him. No, yeah. So. It would be all too predictable if
3: yeah after two disaster years Disasters. in in, in, uh, in New York then he goes to Green Bay and, and proved, it just proves balls. it on proves it on the prove it you know what I mean yeah, yeah he was so, unbelievable. Yeah yeah, yeah yeah so
1: I but yeah I think they need some backline help on the defense there and I would be surprised if they didn't do that they didn't address that literally with their first three picks in the draft uh, that would be my that would be my take because they need to get um, some corners no doubt about it uh, especially after trading away to Marius Randall um, all right we move on Sammy Watkins. Signing with the Chiefs, reportedly got more money than Allen Robinson. Remember, Robinson... $30 million guaranteed. That's man. big money, man. That's a lot of money for That's a, that's a that's, lot of money. That's for big money. money. <laughs> money. Allen Robinson got a three-year $42 million deal. Um, Sammy Watkins reportedly got a three-year $48 million million dollar deal 30 million guaranteed for real. mils, yeah jeez um it gives patrick mahomes another big time playmaker to go along with tyree Hill and travis kelsey my initial thought on this great real life football move oh my god i love it from a real life football
3: must watch tv you know what
1: i'm saying <laughs> oh my goodness patrick mahomes just chucking it deep to to tyree kill and sammy watkins and uh, you got travis kelsey down the middle i I love it from a real-life perspective. From a fantasy perspective, I hate it. Yeah. I just – I hate it. I just wonder if, if it's
2: going to be another redo of last year for Sammy Watkins where he's in an offense that's where right. that's right, he doesn't have a truly defined role where they struggle to get him the football consistently because, like, I see a lot of redundancy between him and Tyreek Hill.
1: And, by the way, he's learning his third brand-new offense in three seasons.
2: Right. Yeah. Um, I also feel like this is – this might not be a, a, a put up or shut up year for Sammy Watkins, but it's coming. Well, it's coming.
3: Apparently, not cash wise. <laughs> He's got thirty million. <laughs> Maybe it doesn't matter. Even matter. It's clear. It's clear that the league still thinks of him as that guy that went fourth overall after this getting this kind Man, of money. It's been a while now.
1: Because yeah. what he didn't even have seven hundred yards last
3: year. He had five.
1: Yeah, and I, I think believe. he didn't even have six hundred. Come yeah. on, I think oh. I
3: think that, that, that that's pretty easy to write off again, just because sure. it was still part of the best offense, in the
1: and and he still had eight touchdowns. So that was yeah,
3: yeah, he was still obviously He's a, a touchdown player. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just, but how
2: many years are we gonna just keep writing it off? You yeah, know <laughs> what I'm saying? Like, no, no,
3: no, 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 no.
2: I, you know? I totally get it. But the,
3: the, and the good thing is right, that we have right. we've seen that peak with Sammy Watkins, okay. that one year when he went for twelve hundred yards in in less than sixteen games, and not the, even he. Barely well, barely the crossed a thousand, house. but but, but, you, but, you, but you know what I mean. I mean, he was great in that stretch, and I get it; it's in that stretch and whatever. But and I th- I'm with you that I don't think he's that player that that went fourth overall and is like a clear number one receiver. But I think, th- and I think this is a great real life football move. Yeah, uh, because because I think he does complement Tyree Hill well for sure. In that I, he's a great red zone receiver. Yeah, he's, he's a big a good, body. Yeah, he's a good contested catch guy. Yeah, and Hill was great on those plays last year, but obviously he's more of a vertical threat that can move around. Uh this 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 brings in kind of that traditional X receiver that you then he he's going to help dictate more coverages when you already have a coverage dictator in Tyreek Hill. That's right. Uh for fantasy, I think this offense is like is, is it, you could easily see Kelsey have the most catches, Watkins have the most yards. And he'll have the most touchdowns, or or, or reverse or whatever. Yeah, I yeah, reverse me, Hill, I'm Yeah, it's any, three card Monty, man. You don't know. I mean, and, and they still have a running back who's really good in, in Kareem Hunt. Oh, by the way, Spencer Ware's coming back. Right. So even the backfield's a little bit. This is there. a loaded offense.
1: <laughs> it's <laughs> a loaded <laughs>
3: offense. X, what are we getting?
2: X Factor here. Yes, Andy Reid. Yeah, because remember, like. Remember last year, the Chiefs started off gangbusters, yeah. and we were everybody was all in. I mean, like, Alex Smith was a revelation. Kareem Hunt blew up, Tyreek yeah, Hill, yeah. Kelsey. And remember, they hit that lull midseason, and things yeah, were yeah. bad. That's and right. Kareem Hunt, you know, like, people were panicked. People were like, you know how many tweets we got on a weekly oh, basis yeah. of, oh, yeah. Do I drop Kareem Hunt? Yeah. What do I do with Kareem Hunt, right? Oh, yeah. Then all of a sudden, Andrew E was like, hmm, okay. Maybe I should take my fingers out of the pot yeah. <laughs> and let Matt Nagy cook <laughs> Matt Nagy this thing up. <laughs> and things true. were great again, right? So. <laughs> You know, like... Now that Matt Nagy's gone. Right. Like, And, okay. you know, does Andy Reid go back to calling the plays? Do I we go back to kind saying. of that mid-season
3: stagnant offense? And, like, how does that impact him? The, the good news is that I think if you want to tell yourself, tell yourself the story of why they won't have that lull this year, it's because now I think they're a much harder unit to defend. Because... You can pick, or like, you could pick your poison to either take away Kelsey or take away Hill, and you knew the other guy was still going to have a good game, and that was even happening during the lull. Uh, but you didn't have anybody else to defend in the passing game. I mean, I, I, Albert Wilson's a nice player. DeMarcus Robinson has potential, but you're not game planning to no. stop those guys, right? Uh, and, and you still had Alex Smith at quarterback, and he had a career year. Uh, but again, I don't think you're really game planning to stop Alex Smith. If Mahomes hits his potential, then you're looking at a much harder offense to defend. You also have Sammy Watkins there that you have to account for now. Now I think they're a much more difficult unit to, to prepare for. The one question I have is, is with the quarterback mm-hmm. because – Everybody's saying right now, you know, oh, well, Mahomes is going to help them unlock. And I just kind of said it. Like, Mahomes is going to help <laughs> unlock this potential, this yeah. potential for the offense. I don't know about that. The strange part is, though, I mean, Alex Smith was the best deep ball passer that, that's in the league. I, that's, that's what I'm best, saying. Right? That's like, what I'm saying. Number – like, and you can't even argue that's a hot take because statistically it's just a fact. Best passer rating on deep throws. Yep. Best – most yards on deep throws. Yep. yep. Ever, all of those. All across – best completion percentage on deep that's throws. That's right. So, like – what more ceiling is there to unlock? There's I, I don't know. Uh, well, and
2: there's, there are going to be growing pains with Pat Mahomes. Right. Yeah. I, I mean, like, I, the, the thing I said about him coming out of college was take this however you want. He plays quarterback like a shortstop.
1: Yeah, that's right. <laughs> you know? No, no, and, that's exactly right. And he's got all different kinds of arm, arm angles.
2: Arm angles. I mean, like, he's on the move. There are yeah. things that he does that are super exciting, and then there are things that he does where you're like, what are you doing? So, yeah. you know, just be prepared for that. If he's there's in, one
3: thing I do have confidence in, Reed, it is preparing the quarterback to, to be ready. Week so, one, he will
2: be great because well, Andy Reed is great and, with time to prepare. That's right. That's very <laughs> oh, no, exactly true. And, and right.
3: apparently, like, if you talk, people, like, just showing clips of Mahomes, you know, at practice or whatever, are really excited about what they've seen, you know, in practice. Yeah, he's ripping so. it.
1: He's ripping it. Um, but, again, there's going to be a little bit of a, 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 a growing pains with Patrick Mahomes because this is a guy that, uh, had a pretty basic offense uh, coming out of college. So has he picked up the Andy Reid playbook? Can Andy Reid uh, call all of his plays? We're not exactly sure. We'll find out. It's gonna be fun to watch, though. This it is, is gonna be a lot gonna, of fun to watch. This is
2: gonna be a big year for you. Should sit behind a quarterback before you start, guy.
1: By the way, yeah. this. By the way, this definitely hurts Tyreek Hill in terms of volatility, right? The Sammy Watkins signing. It. Yeah, it just depends on how much
3: they're gonna open up the offense, because. I don't th- I mean neither of those guys are high volume players in no. terms of Watkins and Hill.
1: Tyreek uh, Hill felt like felt like a high volatility player last year, even though that necessarily wasn't the case. You just think
3: of him that way because of his skill set.
1: That's, right. That's but, uh, right.
3: But last year it was it was kind of that way. Like either Kelsey was going to go off or Hill was going to go off. Right. Rarely did they both. So now you add a
1: third weeks. piece into that mix. I just think it adds so much more volatility uh, to that overall offense. At the season's end, all three might have great uh, receiving numbers. But it was a journey. It was the journey to get there was was not easy. That's exactly yeah, right. And yeah, so, I, I and, I, and I'm right. anticipating that again in Kansas City from a fantasy perspective this year. Paul Richardson, the former Seattle wide receiver, signed with Washington. Big money man, a five-year, forty million dollar deal for a receiver who had a career high. 703 yards last year he will be 26 next season but paul richardson now in washington pairing with former kansas city quarterback alex smith for the redskins matt Harmon, i know you've been a big fan of paul richardson i love him too i just
3: yeah it's it's the money that's a little yeah peculiar. but in this receiver market i mean when you look at what some of the other guys so, are yeah, getting yeah. it's know, it, you know i mean also, it ain't my money. Right? Who cares? <laughs> uh, and they need it. And they they, they really really needed it. They right. really needed some help at wide receiver because after Josh Doxon and Jameson Crowder, who both I wouldn't say like are proven high end starters nope, nope. by any means, no, nope. uh, they they had nobody on the roster.
1: It certainly to me is is I think it's a it's a good fit. I don't think it's a great fit, but it certainly makes that wide receiver room interesting to me with Doxon and Paul Richardson roaming around on the outside. Well, both Doxton and Richardson, they're not I identical
3: players but they have some of the same strengths yep. in that they're right. both vertical threats and yeah. they win in contested spaces yep. uh, the, the question is like with alex smith was a great vertical passer and a great contested catch passer last year never been that guy before right is he going <laughs> to be that guy with with jay gruden I mean, let's see. The one thing with Gruden that I really like is, and just the Washington offense in general just how much they pick over the middle of the field. They, yeah. they, they have a lot of high percentage throws in that offense, which is something that I, I like to see. So I think that all three of these guys could be really interesting. And Richardson, if Doxton doesn't – and I think the good thing with Richardson is he means that – he means that defenses can't then, like, have Josh Doxton as the guy that they assign the number one corner to run press man coverage against hard every single snap. Both
1: those guys will be excellent sleepers. I, um, come I, traps I sneaky like
2: this 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 pass catching group though I mean mm-hmm. with between Richardson and Doxon, you've got yeah. two kind of long athletic guys Chris Thompson's yeah. still there Chris Thompson's still there with Jamison Crowder yeah. is still there sure uh you know if Jordan Reed can stay nope. upright yeah I mean Chris nope. Thompson and Jordan Reed
3: are, are <laughs> kind of are kind of like gravy at this point <laughs> I mean, uh, if, if they play like they're not gonna play sixteen games either one of those guys.
1: They I, also have, I, I would count out the tight end. I mean that's I mean, yeah.
3: No, I mean but Chris Thompson too is a long, 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 long injury history. Yeah, that's true. Uh it's just they also just need a running like a, a running back too. Yeah, they do. Yeah, so much your pay rent didn't work out. Oops. Yep.
1: Uh, Dante Moncrief <laughs> signed a one-year prove-it deal with Jacksonville, $9.6 million dollar deal. One year for Dante Moncrief there in Duval. Jacksonville also re-signed Marquise Lee to a crazy four-year, $38 million dollar deal. This is a guy that legitimately was on a cut bubble last year. <laughs> and here he
3: is, a four-year, $38 million deal. That's- They're still sitting on Hearns' deal, too. Uh, d- exactly. By-, by the way, like we can officially say – that's uh, crazy. That Jacksonville and Robinson was not a financial decision, right? Obviously because they, that was a break. They
2: combined to pay more for those
1: two guys, which makes they, no and they sense. don't combine
3: equal. Alan they Robinson. do not. No, I don't
1: understand. <laughs> I, I don't understand that at all. I mean, I mean, at all. I don't understand that. At least franchise. I mean, that's that was the major thing was they were going to franchise yeah, yeah. Allen Robinson, and meanwhile, sounds like they're they're going to give Dante Moncrief a one-year, nine-point-six million. million what are you guys doing, Jacksonville? I, I don't know. I like signing Moncrief
3: to approve it deal because I think he still has ability. I don't know if Jacksonville's the place to tap that ability. That's what, that's, that's what I'm saying, man. <laughs> What are you doing? <laughs> Jacksonville, what are you doing? But I but I think it's a good like I mean if you're gonna break, because we were saying if if they cut Hearns, like this is a str- like a young and inexperienced receiver core based around Marquise Lee, who's A, not that good and B But
1: is it based around Marquise Durable. Lee? I mean it's it's more I thought it was more of – He would be the best at least known quantity in that group. He's the most known quantity, but I think I don't think he was the best receiver by by any stretch of the imagination. They treated him like their number one
3: receiver last year. because at some point he was kind of all they had. The other part of this though that's that's sort of wild. I thought Keelan Cole was better than him. What? Oh no, it's not about it's not about who was better. I'm just saying who oh. they treated like their number one receiver. Yeah, yeah. The, other, the other part that's,
2: that's wild is that here they are spending this money on a couple of wide receivers and kind of putting together as you mentioned a young wide receiving core for a quarterback that they ostensibly don't want to throw the football. Yeah, you know what I mean. <laughs> like, like, I mean, they were lo- again. I don't, I don't up, get it. They're loading up on offensive line. They were talking about bringing in big blocking tight ends. And, like, they
3: did the load trap. up on that offensive line, right? With Andrew so that was a great sign. was. Every, but
2: everything that they're doing suggests we want to give Leonard Fournette the ball thirty times a game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So then to turn around and drop thirty-eight million dollars on, I'm actually Martin surprised King. they weren't.
1: I'm I'm actually surprised they weren't in the market to go get Carlos Hyde. Uh, and kind of mix him in with with Leonard Fournette, given both of those running backs' injuries. Well, game, they don't want they could maybe combine. Hey, they, it don't into wanna, one. they don't
3: want they don't want to you don't want to non-durable really and uh, utterly predictable players when they're on the field. That you know what's coming. There you go, uh,
1: Dolphins, man. I just and again we talk oh, about this one's so
3: weird. I just w- Dolphins, but then when you think Dolphins.
1: Is it? Yeah, no, no. I mean the
3: Dolphins are insane. I don't know what they're doing. Dolphins, what y'all doing? If they if they had just signed out like when I signed when I woke up on uh whatever, yesterday morning yeah. uh and they had signed Albert Wilson, yeah. that's a great move because they just got themselves a discounted Jarvis Landry for a discounted price. I hated the move. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean
1: I just I I hated it because look, this is a team, it's it and it I kind of judge moves based on different teams' salary cap situations, right? So, I look at the Dolphins. They, Oh, my God. They desperately need every. salary cap space, man. I mean, every penny. They're, they don't have enough money to sign their rookie class right now, okay? So, they need to... Well, they, yeah, because they're going to have to cut Sue. That's what I'm saying. So, they have to cut and Sue because they don't have the cash. And then they overpay to go get a guy like Albert Wilson, who, again... Whatever you think about Albert Wilson, okay, he signed a three-year, twenty-four million-dollar deal. He not, had a career cheap, high.
3: Yeah, as you think.
1: That's what I'm saying. He had a career high last year of 554 yards and three touchdowns. Look, the market for Albert Wilson, I don't know what it is, but I think that it. I think they paid the absolute premium to go get him. Yeah, and which that- again, for a team that is just strapped.
3: What are you guys doing? And then they dealt, like the great part. What I liked about the Wilson deal was that again it was the it was they did they were like all right we don't want to pay sixteen million dollars for Jarvis Landry yeah which I get because of just they obvi- he obviously rubs people the wrong way there and also he's just a slot receiver I don't think he's worth that money so then they go out and get a who what I think is a solid slot receiver in Albert Wilson and yep. they they probably pay a little more for him than they needed to but whatever it's still a discount from what they from what was an important productive piece of their offense I see what you're saying. Then they double down, though, and go get another slot receiver. And, and now, Danny they're, now they're paying $14 million to two slot receivers. It makes no sense. It doesn't make any sense. They definitely needed wide
1: receiver help. It makes no sense whatsoever. Because they have nobody other than Kenny Stills, really, that they can count on. And neither one of these guys is highly productive, man. I mean, Danny Amendola, they signed him to a two-year $12 million deal. Last year, he had 659 yards and two touchdowns. I mean, between Albert Wilson and Danny Amendola, they had five touchdowns total last year.
3: And now I don't think either one of these guys is, like, interesting. Like, Wilson would have been totally interesting for fantasy. He's sliding PR. into that. Yeah, yeah, sliding into that. Jarvis Landry, like, yeah, yeah, he could yeah. easily hit hit eighty catches. Probably would have been the most pretty eighty catches, but he probably could have caught eighty <laughs> balls. Now with the, now with Amandola there, I don't think so. But you're right, though. This is this is the Dolphins. I just and, It's, the and, it's you know, baffling. Chris Wessling says it best: that this is the time of the year when the Dolphins cut loose of their previous mistakes to make room for. Their
1: <laughs> Breaking news: uh, Cleveland Browns left tackle Joe Thomas officially retired. I'm I, actually shocked. Godspeed to the NFL's first ever lineman. Uh, <laughs> that's right. Um, I'm actually shocked that Joe Thomas decided to hang him up. Uh, uh, and I know that he's coming off of a major injury, uh, but it was an upper body injury. It was a bicep, right? Torn bicep? Uh, yep. But he was coming off of a... a tricep. A, uh, torn tricep. But upper body injury, it, and he's been playing on so many bad teams. This is the year, I know we say this all the time, but it feels like this Browns team has a real chance to be exciting. Maybe they don't maybe they don't win, you know, 10 games, but it's a team that actually has a lot of juice mm-hmm. surrounding it. It could be ex- like the the crowds for the fir- at least for the first month before Hugh Jackson absolutely destroys the city. <laughs> the crowds for the first month
3: are going to be Haley, great. Until Todd Haley's the head
1: coach. Exactly.
3: What? W- wins the NFL struggle.
1: <laughs> yeah. Todd, Todd Haley is absolutely going to be the head coach of the Cleveland Browns at some point in 2018, there's no question. But I'm surprised Joe Thomas decided – and I'm sad too. Well, okay, here's the thing. I think that Joe
3: Thomas definitely got – like do not want to come back and do this all over again after getting the taste of being a personality. Because that's basically I – mean, he's got his own podcast <laughs> now. True. He's such a out, well-spoken he, guy, man. Yeah, he's sending out pretty mediocre tweets that people seem to love. <laughs> uh, like, no, sorry, Joe Thomas. I mean, I'm doing the same thing. So, no uh, no hate. But, uh, I, I mean, yeah, great career. He's going to Cannes someday. He doesn't really yeah. have much else to prove. And I, and it was I mean, te- but doesn't it he want to
1: like have that taste of 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 just the excitement around? The, I mean, it's been
3: so long for not, him. I guess not. And again, I mean, his legacy is stamped. His his he's financially set. Yeah, he, he's got another thing coming up now that he seems to really enjoy. So whatever. And this was telegraphed yesterday when they've spent a big uh, contract on on the Steelers' backup tackle, who's. Name escapes me right now. Um, but uh, that they they brought in, I think, a five year, thirty seven million dollar deal. Uh, he started a few games, t- ten games last year for the Steelers, and he'll probably be their uh their their guy to. The oh, now. it's uh, Chris Hubbard. Chris Hub- Hubbard, yeah. Yes. I don't know and, who the hell that guy yeah, was. Yeah, yeah. I, I knew I was like, most oh, yeah, of, yeah, most yeah, of
2: yeah. Twitter did not know yeah. who he was. By the way, I think it's fair that we're talking about Joe Thomas just walking away right now. It's also fair to remember that you know he was the number three overall pick, and on draft day he went fishing. Yeah. <laughs> He was out on a boat That's with great. his dad. I love it. And he got the call, and he's That's like, oh, cool. Do so, I mean, obviously, to talk? obviously like, this sort of thing is not really a big deal for him. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I, I guess you're right there. But, man, it, it would have been – I mean, because he deserves it, man. He does. Uh, he deserves to have that a little bit of taste of glory. Um, and he hasn't seen that in a long time. I mean, it was – I mean, way, way back when, you know, they had – uh, was it uh, Jamal Lewis and uh, who was on the outside that kid the, the, Braylon the Braylon Edwards on the outside <laughs> I mean it was it's been a long time since then Derek Anderson let off that's right that's exactly right um, so congratulations to Joe Thomas uh, successful 11 seasons in the NFL I mean you want to talk about a warrior this dude was a warrior I uh, just never missed any snaps uh, he was amazing Absolutely. I'll be sad to see him go. I'm looking forward to his media career because he is uh, quite the well-spoken man.
3: Do we want to talk real quick on Tyrod and Jarvis Landry? Didn't have it in the rundown, but, I mean, it has yeah. happened since last pod. Uh,
1: that's a good point. I didn't even think about that. Uh, means, yeah, shoot, abs- so much is happening. It's hard to remember. <laughs> it's craziness. The Bra- but, like I said, the Browns, uh, I think they're going to be exciting next year. I, um, we'll get into look, How about this? We, we'll get into this one. Carlos Hyde signed with the Browns, uh, a three-year, $15 million deal. Uh, it. He is the latest piece that the Browns have now added to an offense that is looking awfully exciting. Tyrod Taylor now they've made that trade for. He's their quarterback, at least for now. For the
3: bridge, yeah. Right, for the
1: bridge. In the running back room now, they've got Duke Johnson and Carlos Hyde. On the outside, they've got Josh Gordon um, and and Corey Coleman as well. Uh, uh, David Njoku is an athletic tight end. Their offensive line, well, I thought it was going to be great because I thought Joe Thomas was going to come back. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I, I still think it's... Still have a good interior. I th- I still think it's going to be above average. Mm-hmm. The talent is certainly there for this offense to finally explode when Todd Haley finally takes over as a head coach for the Browns. But, <laughs> cause it's not going to be Hugh Jackson because they're going to lose their first three games. But, I, but again, it's just, to me anyways, I'm really excited about the Cleveland Browns. Yeah, I... I yeah, you know, I'm I'm interested in what happened. I also am sort of hesitant. Jarvis Landry in the slot. I forgot to
2: mention. That. I'm also sort of hesitant to to give any takes on what this could mean until we know what they're doing. Because the big thing about all these moves is yes. every move that happens, like they sign Jar or they they trade for Jarvis Landry, and it's like. Oh, well, you know, they're going to take a quarterback number one. Right. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah, and yeah. then. Then they trade for Tyrod Taylor. Right. You're like, well, now they're taking. Oh, Saquon now they're going to take Saquon Barkley. Now yeah, they're like they sign <laughs> <Cy> Carlos Hyde. <laughs> well, and now wait, you're like, like, wait, are they taking. I have man? no idea what they're going to do now. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so until I think we get a clear idea of right. what right. what they're going to do with those first, you know, the, what, they got two out of the first four right now, like what yeah. they do. I think uh, they trade out. At least one of them. At least one of them they trade out. I still think they take a quarterback. They're taking quarterback at one.
3: I think they. And they—they they, I mean they better take a quarterback at one, and I think they will take a quarterback. I'm
1: so I—I I am totally here for when they take defensive and an offensive lineman one 4 dude. That's, <laughs> that's you know what though. I am, I'm you know here what, though? for that. You know what though? <laughs> that's that's better than them taking
3: Saquon Barkley at either one of those picks now. Like with the, Carlos Hyde. With, in the mix. Yeah. The longer the offense off season goes on, yeah, the worse that move would look. Yeah, uh, I hear
1: what you. Yeah, talking. I mean, it just can't happen. Like, if you're gonna, dude, Br- I put that out there today that they're it would definitely, be so embarrassing. And Brown's Twitter's so mad at me because they just Brown's they, Twitter's just mad. God, they, they just want Saquon Barkley. Give me Saquon Barkley. But they're not going to get Saquon, Saquon Barkley. Well, it would
3: be such an irresponsible allocation of resources to that's essentially what I'm draft a, that's a running back that yeah. you are like if you draft a running back number one o- overall, he better be your. Gurley, your Zeke, your Adrian Peterson. You're not, I mean, I mean, even more than Adrian Peterson because Adrian Peterson didn't do a damn thing on passing downs. That's like, what you're saying. He better be your Le'Veon Bell. Yeah, yeah. Your, your David Johnson. Right. Like, you better play him 85% That's the what snaps, I'm saying. That's of taps, 70% of taps. Like, yeah, and they're not with, you not can't with invest Duke, that Johnson
1: much- and Carlos Hyde there. They're not doing that. Mike Silver reporting the Cleveland Browns want to try to extend Duke Johnson. And again, yeah. it, you can't invest that much salary they're, cap space into the dra- running back
3: position. They're not drafting Saquon. No, they're
2: not.
1: I mean, I think. If, but I will say this: How about if they actually don't extend Duke Johnson and they let him go? Or they trade, if they him, trade time, him for you know I would call some other team if I was the Browns. I mean, it's interesting you know. to me. I don't know. But like I said, Brown's Oh my I I am totally here for when Brown Brown's Twitter loses it when they go defensive and offensive line mid one four. Brown's Twitter I'm here for that.
2: Brown's Twitter is is wandering in the wilderness with no clear leader, and no actual direction. <laughs> so it's just it's just a bunch of rabble rousing, <laughs> you know? I, like I they argue and, and bicker amongst themselves. Yeah. Like they have no actual direction. But Back to the point though about yeah you know, about Saquon, I think about running backs in general because I know we've kind of been having this I won't say argument but this ongoing conversation about the value of running backs and and what it is yeah I think the fact that one we went a long time in this podcast without talking about running backs yeah and yesterday early in the day, was wide receiver heavy. It was wide receivers, were, you know, yeah. linebackers and DBs. Yeah. And it wasn't until late in the day when all of a sudden you start to see some RB news kind of trickle yeah, yeah. in. I hear you what know? you're saying. Kinda yeah.
1: Like, yeah, I hear what you're saying.
2: You know, the fact that Ryan Grant got as much money as he did. The fact that, uh, <sighs> you know,
3: Albert Wilson and – and It's pass- It's still a passing league. It's a passing league. So Stop the pass and you, you, you pass and you stop other teams from passing. That's right. right. You don't win by running the ball and – Help and stop another team from the ball. So speaking of Ryan Grant, do we want to actually get back
1: on, track? <laughs> get back on track. Um, uh, just to button up this point though, uh, Jarvis Landry to me not going to be a-, a very high draft pick no, in fantasy. Yeah. Um, great slot receiver, but just given the options on the outside there, um, it could open it up a little bit for Tyrod Taylor. But Tyrod Taylor is the type of quarterback, and I don't know if Hugh Jackson will coach it into him or not. But Tyrod, from what we've seen thus far in his career, is the type of player to take some risk on the outside. And when you got Josh Gordon, when you got that Corey Coleman, uh, hell, even David Njoku stretching the seam. He's going to take those shots, man. The volume is going to be a not quite there, I believe, anyways, yeah, I uh, for Jarvis Landry. So. And spe- again, they have a great pass-catching running back in Duke Johnson who needs to get some looks as well. He's going to be operating in the similar parts of the field as Njoku and as Landry. I think all three of those guys, again, from a real-life perspective, I love it. It's great. But if you're expecting Jarvis Lancher to catch get, uh, to get you 90 catches in, in 2018, not going to happen.
3: Yeah, I agree with you. So
1: that, that's just to button up that Cleveland point. But I'll tell you what, Tyrod Taylor is going to be one of those guys that uh, I will take later in a draft and absolutely love it. I love that. Um, all right, so going back to wide receiver very quickly, uh, we'll just burn through this here. But uh, if, you're, if you're like me, you didn't like what the Dolphins did. I mean, you hated what the Ravens did. They – I mean, mind-blowingly, inexplicably signed Ryan Flippin' Grant to a four-year, $29 million deal. He was a backup wide receiver that had 573 yards last year. He's 28 years old next season. He's not even young. I don't understand this move at all. They also signed John Brown to a one-year $5 million. That's a year. nice move. That's actually a very good bargain. That's a good bargain.
3: Yeah, because if – I mean, one of the things that people said about his injury with the sickle cell thing was that being out in Arizona, it made it really tough to uh, tough to manage the – like, he would get tired easy.
1: Oh, because the heat? He injured
3: because of the heat and oh, all that. Who Again, who the hell knows? We're not uh, doctors. But yeah. that was just something I've heard float around. Maybe now going to a different climate, it helps. If he can get back on track, then they've got a starting receiver. I don't know what Ryan Grant gives them. By the way, they cut Jeremy Macklin.
1: Yeah, they also yep. cut Jeremy Macklin as well. Um, why does this move make no sense? Well, first of all, the financials make no sense whatsoever. But – <laughs> Ryan Grant, six feet tall. John Brown, five foot 11. Mike Wallace, if they keep him. That's generous uh, on John Brown, by the way. Yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, if Mike Wallace, if they keep him, six feet, six feet tall as well. He's a free agent. He's on the market. So, so uh, They got Prashad Perryman, though. <laughs> Bam! It's the midget wide receiver core. I don't under. I mean, what are you guys doing, Ravens? Yeah, I, I want. What are you guys doing? I want no parts of the Ravens. in front Oh no! Yeah. Sure. Yeah, not no. even a little bit. Not even. Uh, we go on to running backs. Okay, so Dion Lewis. Uh, I'm going to go to Marcus Grant here because uh, free Derrick Henry is not going to happen. Dion Lewis <laughs> signed a four-year deal with the Titans worth twenty million dollars. Uh, again, it puts a serious dent in the Derrick Henry truthers. Uh, the Derrick Henry upside, I think, is, and it's funny to me, man. People on Twitter hit me back with, well, who cares? He's going to be – Deion Lewis is going to be a rotational back. Bro, they did not pay this man top ten money to be a rotational back.
3: Also means they haven't – they're blowing the whistle on themselves and that they haven't watched Deion Lewis play football ever because last year he was one of easily the best interior runners in the NFL.
1: I just – and to me, I'm like, what are you talking about, man? I mean, yeah, they're going to use some kind of two-headed attack here, but, I I mean – for either for fantasy value, do you want either piece of Deion Lewis or Derrick Henry at all? No. It's gonna be tough. I mean, don't get me wrong, <laughs> both of both guys would be sleepers now. Yeah. But Derrick Henry could have legitimately been a a top thirty pick. But a I top think
2: twenty pick. I think we always sort of feared that this would happen. Like the moment they said they're getting rid of DeMarco Murray and you know we all had our little party for five minutes on yeah, Twitter yeah, about yeah. it. Oh yeah. Um I think we all sort of knew that, that there was there could be something else coming. We you know, didn't know necessarily who. Maybe it was going to be somebody in the draft. Maybe it was somebody in free agency. But this, the idea that somehow the Titans were just going to turn this running game completely over to Derrick Henry, uh, I mean, it was what we hoped for. But I think we also kind of knew in reality yeah, yeah, that it yeah. probably wasn't going to be the case. Yeah, game. I agree.
1: I mean, still, though, uh, if if Derrick Henry was the guy, and even if they added a, a complimentary piece um, like Jarek McKinnon, who, oh, by the way, signed with the San Francisco 49ers, big deal for him, forty or 30 million, $30 I didn't think he was going to get that, but okay. Um, but let's say they, they they got a clear-cut pass-catching guy. Um, I, I still think Derrick Henry would have been, again, a top-30 pick. I mean, we're talking in the in the first three rounds uh, of a fantasy draft. Now, I I can't I can't see anybody taking it. I mean, they yeah, there was. will be people who take him early, but I really can't see him going, you know, before like for in terms of good value before the 8th round.
3: Uh I mean,
2: yeah, somebody will Somebody will. Somebody I would will. Consider, but I don't
3: think it's good value. The good thing, I mean, well, not good. But Dion Lewis is not really durable either. That's so, true. I mean, he, okay. There could be a scenario. Maybe you don't take Derrick Henry yeah. early and then you try to trade for him or pick him up off waivers. Because if if Lewis was to get hurt, then I think we, we see he has – Henry definitely could be a feature back at least for a stretch, maybe not over uh, the course of a season. But uh, there's a lot of moves this free agency period. Head uh, scratching moves? No, no, no. For 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 real football, oh, yeah. freaking love this move. For okay. Fantasy and, and, and <laughs> I've been ri- writing mostly like real football pieces and reactions yeah. It's like okay, I'm I'm love this. I love this. And then I got to think fantasy mindset. It's like not as great. it no, <laughs> doesn't bring a lot of clarity. Not great. W- whatever. I kind of got to get back into that mindset because yeah, yeah, from a real life perspective, love this move for the Titans. It brings them another versatile piece to an offense that could be really exciting. Both it could these- be. I don't know what what's Mike Verbal going to be.
1: Well, I they, he, no they hired
3: Matt Lafleur, who's Trade it, who's trained under uh, both Sean McVay and the Shanahans and and, and Kyle Shanahan. Oh, that's so, interesting. So, yeah, no, he's he's been with, with, these, with okay. these guys before. So, I mean, he's really exciting as an offensive – this is the first time he'd be calling plays. He was the OC for the Rams last year. I see. Kind of that, again, that play designer. Yeah.
1: So they we'll, need to we'll invest see. in the wide receiver room, man. I just – I didn't understand this, Sonny. Why invest this much money – into a running back that the good you, thing, you got catches, catches passes. Lewis right. catches
3: passes. They didn't, and they and and is good as a good pass blocker, and he's great. And I just think that they can be based around a two headed running attack now, because uh, both the, both these guys were top three in my next gen stats elusive running backs rankings. Yeah. So they're, they're going to be they're no, going to be a dangerous running team. Like
1: their offensive line is nasty.
3: And again, they can use Lewis as a pass catcher too. It's good point. The, the Patriots didn't much last year because they wanted to preserve his health, and they had James White and Rex Burkhead and all right. that. But but the Titans don't really have that guy. So I got you. And I, I like Taewon Taylor as a sleeper for next year, too, and Corey Davis t- to bounce back. So this right. offense is is exciting to me, and it all kind of intersects back at Marcus Mariota, who I think right. will be a post-type sleeper, great quarterback. Atta, baby. Uh,
1: Isaiah Crowell, the crow, has flown to New York. Who cares? Hooray. Isaiah Crowell Yay. to the Jets all right. on a cool. three-year deal. Matt Forte, remember, retired now. Cool. Uh, he's got some opportunity there. He's going to be uh, one of those, you know, Middle to late round running okay. backs
3: that you take. But, that no, uh, that I will never okay. take.
1: that you'll never take,
3: but some, a lot of folks. I mean, what you, what's like, you got him and Boal Powell. It's like, who, there's no clear role there. Like both those guys are, they're he's they're okay as early down runners and they're okay as passers. Basically, catchers. basically wow. Crowell left Cleveland and ended up in a situation similar to Cleveland. Well,
1: because probably Crowell was going to give him a better deal than than, than yes, no, you're right. You know? Three year deal you're for him right. is good. You're right. A three year deal for him is pretty good. But no, I I disagree. I think Crowell is actually a a, a quite a good early down thumper um and again his pass catching obviously a lot to be desired I think Bilal Powell skill set much more I think he's much more elusive much more explosive as a pass catching back so I, I, I would Fine. imagine is, that might be the the workload is split. this is this
3: categorization a little bit more fair Isaiah Crowell is a slightly above average early down runner Bilal yeah. Powell is an average early down runner yeah uh, Isaiah Crowell is an average pass catcher. Just below average. Bilal, uh, Bilal Powell is a slightly above yeah. average pass yes, catching. Yes, yes, absolutely. So <laughs> man, man, that,
1: I'm just saying, if you're looking for a flex player, this guy's not bad. Like I just, All right, I whatever, feel like
2: man. you know, last year we we started the the season with like the whole hashtag never jets, and yeah. you're, you know, forced to eat yeah, crow. Yeah, yeah him, no, no pun intended. <laughs> um, but like I now, know, like I this know. year, I'm I'm not gonna be that harsh about it, but yeah. I'm just gonna look at. Uh, when when we get to the mid to late rounds and like yeah. there are Jets on the
3: board, it's it really going to be kind of like a – It's, again, I want I one of these guys when the other gets hurt.
1: And, 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 I get what you're saying. Yeah. So then then there's less of an obstacle. Okay. I don't know. I don't know. I, I think he'll be a safer play uh, than some of the sleepers you might take. But, anyways, whatever. We're moving on. Adrian Peterson cut by the Cardinals. Jonathan Stewart going to the Giants. Uh, giant eye sure. roll for me. Yeah. Former Carolina GM, now New York Giants GM, Gettleman.
2: I, I actually predicted that when the uh, when the Panthers let him go.
1: Yeah, hell, are you, what are you guys doing, Dave Gettleman? What are you doing, man? Don't bring in a 31 year old Jay Stu who averaged a career low 3.4 yards per carry. He looked completely. They're bringing cool. him in two really good games.
2: They're, he looked completely cooked. They're last bringing year. him in to mentor Saquon Barkley.
3: I don't think they overall.
2: It
1: doesn't even make sense to me. You got a guy like Orleans Darkwall who's going to be 26 years old and he averaged 4.4 yards per carry. Give him that money. God, yeah. The discussion of New York running backs I don't understand. is so, it's so
2: sad. What are you guys doing? Kettleman, I don't, I don't, what are you doing? Can we not talk about New York running backs anymore? Okay, that's just right. in general. Let's wait till
1: one of them make a consequential cont- 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 move. <sighs> there you go. Um, again, uh, just to reiterate, 49ers. They brought in Jarek McKinnon. Love this move for A four-year, $30 million. Yeah, I it's a great move. I love this move for fantasy, and I love it for for real life. The financials are a little wonky, but whatever. Yeah, but the like, Niners have so much money. money to spend. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> you know what I mean? They've got the money, so I'm, I'm cool with it, right? So, And again, we, like I said, I judge these deals based on team needs, right? So uh, the, the money's a little wonky. There's no question about it. That's a lot of money for uh, a pass catcher running back. But Jarek McKinnon, uh, I think, adds an extra dimension. Uh, yeah. to that running game, I mean, and, and, and I really like what they got going on. Could he kind of be, you
2: know, Kyle Shanahan's new
1: Tevin Coleman? I That's what I thought as soon as – Well, what's the running back room look like there in San Francisco? Joe I'm Williams. Him and, Bre- 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 and Matt Matt, Matt, Matt Breda, Joe Breida. Williams. No, Joe Williams is okay. I, okay. And, uh, I was, I think
2: I'm, I'm take old take... enough to remember when Joe Williams was going to set the world on fire <laughs> and like, push Carlos Hyde into the bay.
3: Nope. I think they're happy to be rid of Carlos Hyde because I think that they kind of viewed him as like this isn't our guy, but – He's the best back of the roster. Now Shanahan can kind of throw everything against the wall and see what sticks, which has more been his approach in the past. Is which one of these running backs gains momentum in my system, and and, and we can let him run with it. And I expect right. they bring in another young running back from the draft to compete for that early down job. But I love McKinnon as like a weapon out of the backfield for Jimmy G.
1: Yeah, I mean to me the offense, I, I like what they got going on. You know what I mean? They're gonna bring they brought Marquise Goodwin back. Uh, Trent Taylor on the inside. I, I would have absolutely. It would have been a home run if they could have got Allen Robinson on the outside. It would have been such a perfect marriage. Um, but they didn't. But still, they got. they. they Pierre is going to ball, and you're going to have to deal with it. <laughs> I'm, I'm really. Why do you, not why do you hate Pierre Garcon? I don't hate Pierre Garcon. Yeah, you're you point- new Mark Ingram. What? No. <laughs> First of all. Look what happened with that. First of all, I loved Pierre Garcon three years ago. Whatever. At this point in his career, he's a jag. He's well, just a guy. We'll see. Wow. He's just a guy. Wow. At we'll this see. point. We'll see. In his career. That's just. That's. That's what I'm saying.
2: I mean, he's that's a guy who. He, he's a jag who was on pace for a thousand-yard season until he got hurt. Okay. But played. Played eight games. Had 500 yards. Do the math. Bam. <laughs> 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 are, we, are we are we done here? <laughs>
1: <laughs> but yes, I like the the Jarek McKinnon move to San Francisco. I, I think it adds a nice little dimension, a little explosiveness. We talk about athletes. This guy's an athlete, man. Yeah, when you go if you go wide receiver early in drafts and other positions, and you wait on running back, it's yeah. gonna be a guy. Give me a this guy. Target. Give me this guy, man. Um, I think that's it. I think. Jeez, oh, man, that was we've that. been here a while, but yeah, Christina that's, looks that's like just like about she's it. ready to kill us. Oh my god, she's but ready.
3: To I wouldn't blame awful. her.
1: That's exactly. Right.
0: Not about to kill you guys. Okay,
1: that's, that's good. good to know. Uh, that's good to know. I'm hungry though. Let's hurry up and wrap. Yeah. This up. <laughs> yeah, let's do this thing. All right, we go to daily daps and close out. shut Whatever. All right, Uh Matt Harmon, what do you got? I gotta start. Uh I'll just I'll I'll give a daily dap to
3: DJ Moore, the wide receiver out of Maryland. I had a phone interview with him this morning. You did? Yeah, from yeah, I know, right? For a piece on NFL.com. That's Really excited to watch. Uh, his career, he was cool. He gave gave me some gave me some time, and uh, I'm excited for people to read his thoughts on on just the wide receiver position and uh, and what he uh, has to offer. He's good good guy, definitely worth rooting for, and uh, a really really good player too, for sure. Yeah, so, you love him. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And, yeah, and he 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 was he was cool. He was good to talk to. So there you go.
1: MG, my guy, Marcus Grant. Uh, I want a daily dap. This
2: is kind of a weird dap, but okay. I was uh, flipping channels o- over the weekend, yes. and uh, on IFC, which is a pretty cool channel. It is. Um, they were showing Planet Terror, right? And so I don't know if you remember when the Grindhouse films came out a few years back. Right. Quentin Tarantino, Robert Rodriguez these did, like, one kind of homage to, like, 70s exploitation films yeah. and stuff like that. and Super gore. Super gore, yeah. you know, just all kind of exploitation stuff. And what always has frustrated me is that when I'm watching on cable, Death Proof, which was the Tarantino section of it the second half of it okay that's the one that gets all the run on cable when it plan- does planet terror was a far superior movie
1: i didn't even watch planet terror planet
2: terror is a better movie than death proof was, what's the
1: overall concept on planet terror it's kind of a can a, you
2: explain that in less than 30 seconds Yeah, it's like a, it's like a zombie <laughs> okay. movie basically oh, okay. it's like a zombie horror thing okay uh, but obviously because it's a a sort of a parody a spoof it, there's yeah, comedic yeah. elements to it okay um It was way better than Death Proof. And so finally, IFC actually was showing both of them back-to-back. And I was just happy that somebody's actually giving Planet Terror some run. There you go. uh, You know, it's good. So daps to IFC, daps to uh, Planet Terror. If you you haven't seen it,
1: go see it. Check it out. There you go. I'll give a daily dap out to the uh, student protesters uh, today. It, it takes a lot, man, to to know that you may face some consequences and get out there and be politically active, whatever side of the fence you might be on. Just being politically active, I think is cool, man. I mean, this is a country that was founded on those type of principles. So um, and, and again, they might be facing some kind of, you know, punishments wherever they might live. And for those folks to still get out there and do that, that's the real sign of protest to me. It's easy, I think, to, to, to say, well, I'm going to go protest on a Saturday morning, and then the rest, of the, and then afterwards I'm going to go to Starbucks, and, <laughs> and it's going to be cool. It's an entirely different thing, man, to say, you know what? I could face some consequences here, some real serious ones, if you're uh, a student, and I'm still going to go out there, and I'm still going to do my thing. Uh, and again, because these are the principles that this country was founded on, man. By the way, it, uh, it, sort, of, it sort of touched us here at the network. Um there's a school across the street.
2: School across the street, and there were some protesters. Out. Right. It's like it's, it's an elementary school That's directly right. across That's the right. street from us, but there That's were right. we got an email about it because, mm-hmm. uh, you know, there were protesters right. i don't know if they i don't know if they came across the street and <laughs> no. protested in front of our building no, but they were certainly they, not. out there they
1: They most certainly did not uh they got into the middle of the street a little bit to take some take some cell phone pics that's about it <laughs> that's, i don't think it was too i don't think it was too disruptive though not really uh but yeah i mean in the and just to kind of you know put a button on this thing man it's just look get out there and vote you know well again whatever side you're on man just go out there and vote Um, we got some, you know, important elections coming up, Uh, get out there, man. And especially if you went out and protested today, don't be that guy that goes and protests and then doesn't vote and then doesn't vote or that girl, or that girl, just the guy in general. I'm just saying, but I'm just saying, don't be that person that, that protests and then doesn't vote. And then bitches about it. Don't be that guy. Well, you're not, you're not voting, but you're also not protesting. man. I'm voting.
3: I'm not protesting, but I'm
1: not voting. I am voting voting. Are you? Yeah, okay. for sure. I don't know. You seem like the kind of guy that wouldn't vote. Well,
3: that is a shot. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what the does, hell does that mean? It means you're on your phone on Tinder and,
1: and such. Oh, get th-
3: <laughs> <laughs> Let's. <laughs> Christina, give your dap and let's <laughs> let's go.
0: Well, my dap is uh. going out to um, Fratelli Cafe on Melrose. Okay. Mm. Um, I'm starving, so this is all I've been <laughs> thinking about all morning. Um, over the weekend, I went for breakfast with my mom, yes. and their chef special is a croissant pancake. Croissant. It's wow. Amazing. What? Yeah, that I don't. I don't brilliant. know how they made it. I don't know how they. I'm do trying it.
2: to figure out the physics of this thing. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Honestly,
1: I was very confused. So it's, <laughs> but it's a croissant that's flat. <laughs> yeah. And it's made and
0: in, in mm. shaped like a pancake yeah. with fresh fruit on top. Hell yeah. Greatest Since. breakfast I've had in a very long oh, time. Oh, good God. Let's wow, go. All right, wow. It's a chef special. Don't know how long it's going to be there for, but give oh, me yeah. some
1: We better that. hurry up and go. All right. I like it. What a great show we had here today. Uh, for producer Christina, MG, my guy, Marcus Grant. For Matt Harmon, I am James Coe. We appreciate you listening. We'll catch you next week.
0: Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. When you pull up to game night
1: in the all-new Camry, but it's actually bingo night.
3: Mini-golf, anyone?
0: It's a Camry vibe. The all-new, all-hybrid Camry. Toyota. Let's go places.